Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher Study. Very thankful that you are with us uh, at this opportunity. My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend and colleague, the preacher at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto, I have the privilege to bring unto you the bread of life from God's Word. As you know, you've been with us for a while. We've been studying uh, the book of Matthew and specifically the Sermon on the Mount. More specifically, we've been digging into the Lord's Prayer or what's sometimes called the Lord's Prayer uh, when the apostles uh, ask him how to pray. This is the way that he said that we should in this manner. And we're thankful that we have an opportunity to learn some things from Jesus as to how we uh, formulate our prayers to God. And so very thankful for this study and the things that we can gain from it. Certainly, we're to be a prayer for people. Uh, we pray without ceasing. Prayer is so very important. If you think about a relationship with any person, it consists of communication. You must communicate with that person. The person communicates back to you. And it's often been said that God's Word is His communication to us. Prayer is our communication back to Him. And the more that we engage in that two-way communication, i.e. studying God's Word and praying, the closer we'll be with God, more of a personal relationship right. that so many people crave. Uh, we're so very thankful for this podcast, and we have to thank again our two deacons, uh, Mark Townsend and Jason Reed, for spending time with us, making the sacrifice their families are sacrificing, and we're just very thankful for them, and they've stayed with us. You know, so many times when congregations will uh, undertake a work, there'll be an excitement and enthusiasm at the very beginning, and then over time, it kind of wanes and gets old, and people just kind of fall by the wayside, and the work kind of disappears. That has not been the case with this podcast. Very thankful that they've hung in with us yeah. and been faithful. Uh, and, and hopefully we've been faithful in uh, discharging our duties as well. Any opening comments? Just glad to be here, glad to be able to open up the Scriptures and uh, study from them, see what they have to say for us, how they might help us. If we'll right. open our heart and open our mind, I'm quite confident that we'll be helped by what they have to say. I'm, I'm ready to dig, dig in. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's start again by reading verse 8 when he says, Not to be like the heathens. He says, Therefore do not be like them in their prayers, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And last time we talked about uh, our Father, the idea that uh, God is our Father, we have a relationship with Him, uh, and that He is a Father in the fullest sense of the word, caring for us, protecting us, guarding us, leading us, uh, taking care of us, providing the things we need. Uh, what a wonderful way to think about God, and that's the way He's told us to think about Him. But uh, we're going to look at another aspect of this prayer that I think is very, very important, and that is this idea of, hallowed be your name that there is a significance to how we regard, how we think about, how we treat the name of God. It's a very important thing. The idea of being hallowed is to be holy, to be sacred, to be set apart. That the name of God <clears throat> is something that is very important and really has been important all throughout the Bible. I thought about Malachi chapter 1, uh, verse 11. Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. And let's hear what God has to say through the prophet Malachi. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. The name of the Lord is to be great among the Gentiles. Very important. This passage, and it's kind of interesting because we're in the Old Testament here, and he's saying that his name is not just going to be great among the Jews, his chosen people who certainly uh, worship him and serve him, 
But he says, even among the Gentiles, my name is going to be great. It's going to be praise. Uh, incense is going to be offered to my name, and uh, my name will be great among the nations. And so the idea that the name of God is to be hallowed, is to be revered, is to be respected. And in this prayer, Jesus is saying, we need to hallow God's name. We want God's name to be hallowed, not only just for us, but by everybody. Everybody needs to recognize how significant the name of God is. Well, one of, one of the comments I would make or observations I would make is, you know, the, the name is so closely associated with the person. person. Yep. When you show disrespect for the name, you're showing disrespect for the person That's right. who wears that name. And when you show respect for the name, the same thing holds true. You show respect for the person. And so, yes, we reserve the use of God's name for special occasions. Mm -hmm. We use it in a respectful way, but that's because we so highly revere God himself, have such enormous respect for God and Absolutely. fear for God that we dare not use something like his name so closely associated with him in a demeaning way. That's a great point. And when I think about hallowing God, I think back to Numbers chapter 20, and uh, one of the biblical heroes of old made a mistake when it came to this very thing. You may remember in Numbers 20 that the Lord had told Moses to take his rod, but to speak to the rock in order to bring forth water to the people. The people were asking for water, and uh, they needed to drink, and uh, the Lord told him to take the rod and speak. Now, before, he had told him something similar, and he told him to strike the rock. And so there was some precedent for the idea of using the rock to strike the rock to bring forth water. But on this occasion, he says in, in verse 8, Speak to the rock before their eyes, and I will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals." So Moses took the rod from before the God, from the Lord, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly in the congregation and their animals drink. And, and, and you look there, you think, oh, this is a wonderful story. The people were thirsty. The animals were thirsty. The Lord told Moses what to do. Moses struck the rock. They got the water. Everything's wonderful. No, everything's not wonderful. Look at verse 12. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. And so there's a problem here. God had not been hallowed. We were talking about hallowing the name, the name associated with the person. God had not been respected. First of all, this idea that must we bring water for you out of it. Well, wait a minute. There's no we bringing it out. It's the power of God. And they were just instruments through which that power was working. But then to do the very opposite of what the Lord had said. The Lord had said, speak to the rock. Now, how do you hallow God? You do what God says. Right. If he would have spoken to the rock, all praise, glory, and honor go to God because he did exactly what he told him to do. And it would have been clear that it was God's power that was doing that. But no, 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 Moses took it upon himself and struck the rock, almost as if he were doing that himself. And God says, no, 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 you've got to hallow me. And I think this is interesting, not only you personally, but he says, in the eyes of the children of Israel. It's important that God be hallowed before all of his people, and you disrespected me. And we know what happened that he could not go to the land of Canaan right. because of what a lot of people would say was a minor thing, and yet God says it's not minor because you did not hallow me. Right, I, and I think the point that you make is, is really great because, uh, you know, there's this association between hallowing God and obeying God. Mm -hmm. You hallow God or you show your respect for God or you treat God as a holy God 
by obeying him. Right. Now, you may do it other ways right. as well. Right. But one of the ways you show respect for me or one of the ways you hallow me is by following my instruction. That's right. And so those two things are linked here, I think, in this passage. Amen. Another passage, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 58, mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. If you are not careful to observe all the words of this law, which are written in this book, to fear his honored and awesome mm-hmm. name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants. Right. So we show honor and fear to his name. We honor mm-hmm. his name by obeying his command. Like I said, there may be other ways right. as well, but right. that's one of the ways that we honor his name. That's exactly right. And if we're asking for his name to be hallowed, which we are, then certainly, as you're saying, we're asking that people obey him. That's how they hallow the name and hallow God. And so isn't it interesting that, you know, yes, we talk about this personal relationship, our Father in heaven, but never get too chummy with God. Never be cavalier about God because he comes right back and says, hallowed be your name. There's something special about God. There's something different about God. And we want to show that in how we approach him in prayer. Now, we, we talked about this. Uh, you made the very good point that there's no special language. There is very simple expression. But underlying that simplicity is this respect and this reverence for God. And that, that's that, the attitude yes. that we come to God with hallow be we're approaching uh the creator of the universe we're approaching the person who brought everything into existence we're approaching the most holy the most just the most wise the most powerful being in the universe with that comes a certain amount of respect and reverence if you know who god is hallow be your name we want your name to be honored because you're a great god you're a special god and we want to show that and how we make our petitions known to you Look like you've got something. Uh, well, I was just thinking about Isaiah chapter 57, where those, you know, the two ideas are combined, that, that God is great and beyond us and above mm-hmm. us, but he's also close That's enough right. to That's us. Right. Verse 15, for thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place, and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit Amen. in order to revive the spirit of the lowly. So I'm way above you, but right. I can come down. Right. And I can associate with you as well if That's you're right. contrite and lowly and humble. That's right. And so in prayer, we, we see those two things mm-hmm. held together. And so we we address God. He's, he's on our level enough to where right. he will hear us. And yet He's we need to recognize that he's far above us and beyond us. So it's not one to the exclusion of the right. other. It's not God is so distant and so great that we can't know him or approach him. Right. Or he's not, you know, or he's so so common that right. we can just be casual with him like, you know, we would, uh, you know, a, a, a friend. He, he is a friend, but maybe you know what I mean. Right. But both right. of those things together, he is a friend, and yet we respect him as the exalted one. When you read that passage, I couldn't help also to think about Isaiah 55, uh, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, Mm. so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And, of course, earlier he was asked the wicked man to forsake his way and forsake his thoughts. Why? Because God's thoughts and ways are so much higher. So, again, to your point, he is a high and a holy God, but he condescends to us to have this personal relationship. And we've already seen that when we studied the first phrase, our Father. So when you think of a father, it has a more intimate feeling to it than someone who's remote and distant. And yet this father that we have is truly the greatest mind in the universe. And so he is deserving of being hallowed. Hallowed be your name. It's it's Jesus that that bridges 
the two, isn't That's it? Right. I mean, he's he is one of us, but he he is also God, and so he's that that perfect bridge Absolutely. to span the distance between us and God. Absolutely. I, I wanted to say just a few things about the name, then maybe we'll move on. Uh, names are important. And uh, in the New Testament, you may remember that the name of Jesus was very important. Over in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, mm. there was a statement made about mm-hmm. the significance of the name of Jesus. And so just wanted to look at that real quickly. Uh, Peter says the following in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so he's saying, talking about the name of Jesus, there's not a name that's ever been given to anyone by which you can be saved, by which you can be reconciled to God. The only name under which you can do that is the name of Jesus Christ. And of course, that also includes with it the authority of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? So we, we often say, uh, open up in the name of the law. What is that saying? Open up by the authority of the law that's been vested in me. The name of Jesus carries with it authority and rank, and in this context, salvation. And so there is significance to the name, and certainly to the name of God. We want to hallow that, consecrate it, keep it holy. I would just make one other quick comment that it's interesting to me that Jesus begins his prayer, our Father, very first thing he does, hallowed be your name. He shows that respect Ah, for for God. That's the way his prayer begins. Reminds me of uh, 1 Chronicles 29, which Mm -hmm. is David's prayer Mm -hmm. here at the end of his life. Uh, David, bless the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. Uh, getting back to your point about Moses before yeah, all the congregation, yeah, yeah. you know, bless the Lord in the sight of the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever yours. O Lord, the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, mm-hmm. the majesty, and so forth. Right at the very first thing he does mm-hmm. is he, uh, shows his respect and, and awe and fear and honor for right, God. Right. You know, that's a great point. Our prayers need to be God-centered. Yeah, that might yeah. not be a good, because we can pray for ourselves right, and for others, right. but part of what we ought to, maybe, maybe there should be some proportion in right. our prayers or balance in our right. prayers or something like that. God needs to be a part of our prayers, and we need to express our, you know, just our, uh, our, our respect, our awe for Him and the being that He is. I, I like that point. I was just thinking about you'd said in the last podcast that we can take away some practical pointers for our own prayers. And so maybe quickly getting into how great and wonderful and glorious God is praising him and who he is. And you see that in prayer after prayer, people starting with that. So maybe that's a good point. You know, again, we're not trying to legislate unnecessarily, but if we see godly people, one of the first things they're doing is hallowing God's name, upholding God, exalting God's name. Maybe that's a great recipe for us to also start our prayers by praising God before we even get to hey, we'd like help with this. We'd like assistance with it. Let's recognize who God is. Let's recognize how great he is, how holy he is. And so uh, any other thoughts about the practical takeaways that we get from the idea of hallowed be your name? Well, I think it's just things that we have said before. The name stands for the person. You respect God. You're going to respect that name. Uh, And we want to honor him and give him the praise and and the glory from the very start. Because that's where, you know, that, that... even if God were to bless us, uh, we we would at least have part of that be to His glory. That's right. God, I'm asking this. Mm-hmm. It'll help me, but it will also be to Your glory and demonstrate to me and to others what kind of God You are. And you know, a lot of times, I know we've run out of time, so we'll wrap this up. When you have your private prayers, I think it is sometimes easier 
to be aware of the greatness of God, the magnitude of God, His holiness, and to praise Him. Sometimes when we lead prayer publicly, whether it's in an assembly or somebody asks us at a certain secular gathering to lead a prayer, we may forget that the audience really is not the people who hear us and are around us. Yes, they we're aware of that. We understand that there's a difference in public and private prayer. But understand that you're still petitioning your Father in heaven, this great God. And so if we can start to focus on that, it's just a different vantage point when you remember to whom you're really talking to. Right. You're talking to this great God of the universe, and, and you've made this point, who's got all these things going on in the entire universe, all the billions of people and, and handling requests of all of these folks, and yet he has time to hear you. Mm-hmm. And what an incredible blessing that yeah. is. Uh, hallowed be your name. What a great God we serve. What a great God we worship. A great God who hears our prayers. Uh, we're, we're proceeding about the pace of one phrase <laughs> per podcast. So we might be on this prayer for quite some time, but there's a lot of richness here. And we hope that the instruction that we're getting from this Lord's Prayer or yeah. the prayer that Jesus taught his apostles will help us. And, and one of the points we make, it's just so important that we be prayerful people. Yeah. If we're not praying on a regular basis, you're not growing spiritually. You're not as close to God. And and you've made this point. You can't be any closer to God than the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And yet look how rich and robust his prayer life was. I mean, if there ever was a person you might say, ah, he doesn't need prayer. It's the Son of God. And yet we see him praying mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, what right. example is that for us? That's right. If he needs it or if he felt like he needed it, well, how much more do I need it? Amen. And so we... You know, we're trying to learn how to pray. Pray in this way. So mm-hmm. it, it, uh, it's worth our, our time to take some time to analyze it a little bit and draw out some things that we can use. Amen. Well, we thank you for your time and your attention. Uh, we look forward to the next opportunity, Lord willing, uh, to continue this discussion about prayer. As always, we want to end uh, our study with a prayer and exercise this wonderful right of ours. And I'll ask my brother, Bob Hutto, to do that. Our Father in heaven, we bow before you at this time, and we we acknowledge your greatness and your majesty and your splendor, your power, your wisdom, all of those things that that you have and hold in an infinite way makes us realize, Father, how weak and small we are, how unworthy we are to come before you, and how worthy you are of our devotion and our worship. And Father, we're just in awe of the very notion that you would invite us to express our, our concerns and our wishes to you and that you'll, you'll hear us. And yet that's exactly what you've done, Father, that you've invited us. You encourage us to bring our request and make our request known to you. And Father, we, we are so uh, pleased that, that you have encouraged us to do that. Father, we pray that as we go through this study, that we will we'll learn uh, how to please you better in our prayers, uh, and that we'll draw from this, this study things that will improve our prayers. We understand, Father, that prayer is not a magic formula, that if we say the right things or repeat the right phrases, that you'll automatically respond, that, that you want us to come to you in sincerity and simplicity, but you love us and you want the best for us, and so you'll hear us. We're so thankful that you've made this available to us, Father, and help us use it more effectively and more frequently as we go forward. Our Father, we're thankful for that Christ has come, and he's opened the way 
for us, that the way that we can come before you and come in his name uh, and with his authority undergirding our prayers. We're thankful that he's come to this world and that he's shown us the way in his life and he's opened up the way for us through his death. And Father, may we continue to strive to do our best to walk in his steps and be more and more like him every day. And Father, we uh, anticipate uh, the end of this life, the end of this world, and, and glory uh, that will come after it. And Father, we pray that you'll help us to live in such a way here and now that we might experience that great glory hereafter. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen.